Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, faith, hope, and love. I'm just making sure on my part. Yep. Okay, I'll do my part at the end. There you go. I have, I have my list. i got to make sure I don't miss that. All right. So, um, what's, oh, she's got, she's got stuff in the bag here, so it'll be fun. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about love um, and from the idea from the Christian's perspective on love. And uh, before we begin, I, so I'm a big uh, song kind of guy, music, you know, whatever I love, music. We, we have, like, if you go to my house, if you do, I have one playlist that's called uh, pool music, right? So when Haley's parents had a pool uh, I had a playlist that I knew was safe, right? You know, I didn't have to worry about, surprise, you know, you put something on a Spotify or some kind of Apple playlist that you didn't set up, you know, here comes something, surprise, oh no, what was that? You know, so I make my own so I don't have to worry about it. And uh, in this playlist, you'll have everything from, it's so eclectic, I mean, there may be something from the Foo Fighters, there may be Chris Stapleton, it could be like, you know, Alan Jackson, it could be, you know, I don't know, Aerosmith, you just name it. And my kids keep throwing stuff into it as well, so it's just so eclectic. It's not a genre of music that would just fit, um, you know, one particular group. Like, if you have one favorite genre of music, you, like, you would not like my pool music. It's, um, it's just so all over the map. But um, I think about that when I think of love. I think about songs. And so I wrote down some songs here as we uh, talk a little bit about this today. Um, in the era of songs, and how many love songs there are, uh, we have a love song, you know. Um, we did. On our, on our wedding, we have a little song by uh, Clint Black and his wife. I forget his wife's name. She only sang like once, I think, with it. Anyway, it's called When I Said I Do. You know, it's really a beautiful song. It's very, very beautiful, very romantic song, you know. And, but the funny thing is, that's their singing about love. Um, there's other songs that sing about love. Cher, I think she has a song. Uh, she actually says about love, she says, Do you believe in life after love? Now, I'm terrible with lyrics. Thank God for Apple Music, because now I can actually see what these artists are saying. Because growing up as a kid, I just had... I mean, listen, when Michael Jackson came out with that song, I thought that he was saying, Mama say, Mama say, Mama, Mama, I mean, I thought he was speaking in tongues. I didn't know. Like, I just, that's what I sang as a kid. I didn't know. I just went with it. I made up so much, so many lyrics as a kid. And now the Apple Music has come out with all this. You can see it. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I been singing? And then some, I go, ooh, oh, I probably shouldn't play that one anymore, you know, on the playlist. So you get surprised a little bit. I like it on one hand. On one hand, I wish they had never come out with it, you know. Kind of messed up my songs, but um, so share. You know the song kind of like, do you believe? I can't sing. Do you believe in love after love? You know that one, right? Da, 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 da. You know, I sound like a muppet trying to sing that high. But anyway, so Beyonce, she had a song called "Crazy in Love." You know, crazy, 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 crazy in love, crazy in love. Cra- it's just that's all it goes. Patsy Cline had a song called "I'm Crazy for Loving You." You ever you remember that? It's very slow. I'm surprised somebody hadn't remade that yet. That's a really good song. But anyway, I was reading. So do you know that Frank Sinatra one time, he said the number one, uh, he felt like the number one love song ever written. Now, Frank Sinatra, I mean, this is the guy, you know, right? I mean, he, he's making a sing about love. It, let's just be honest. He's probably, like, got some experience singing about love. I don't know if he knows how to love. Anyway, he could sing. I'm just saying I don't know the guy. I don't know much about him. I just, you know... A lot of stuff these artists do is just for show. You know that? It doesn't mean it's for real. So, anyway, um, 
He said the number one love song of all time was this song called Something that was written by George Harrison of the Beatles. I had to go play this thinking song. Like, and I know enough about the Beatles because my teacher in high school, like, he was a Beatle fanatic. Uh, he was our uh, band teacher. And so I went through a whole semester of having to learn about the Beatles. I know more about Ringo and George and John and all the whole group and why they sang these songs. And I could care less. I wasn't a Beatle fan growing up. I kind of liked some of their songs. But I had to look the song up and I thought, I cannot figure out why Frank thinks this is the number one love song of all time. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But that's what he thinks. So when you hear all these different things, you go, well, who's right? I mean, is Beyonce right? Is, is, are you crazy? You know, are you just in love? Are you crazy if you're in love? Is Patsy right? I'm crazy for loving you. you know, is Cher right? Well, love didn't work out, so is there life after love? I mean, they have all these different songs, so which one of them is right? Here's something interesting about the, the Beatles, though. I, just, I came across this as I was reading the lyrics to something. I came across this quote, so I'll put it on the screen for you. Um, this is what the Beatles said. This is back, way back. You may have heard this before. But this is from John Lennon. A quote. It says, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I know I'm right, and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. Now, I don't know if you know what happened to him. But, you know, some people, there's just some things you don't touch. You know? You just don't touch. You just leave it alone. And he's, by the way, he's wrong because there's more people that's been, that's come to faith in the gospel since that quote than any other time on the face of the planet. And as population grows, that just keeps happening. But my point in saying that is, so if the Beatles wrote the number one song called Something, if that's considered by Frank Sinatra the number one love song of all time, and then he says this about the Lord and about Jesus, they can't be right either. So we want to talk a little bit about love. And all of our I'm definitions. Surprised you didn't do that. What's love got to do? do got to do with it. You can do it. <clears throat> I just was surprised. That seemed like um, it, well, I might. it doesn't stop you at home. Well, it's just it won't go there right now. It's just like all right. no. we'll give it to you. <laughs> it's like it's out. It's out. I don't understand it. It's, it's ridiculous. It drives me crazy. So, but yes. I think she said it was a second-hand emotion. I mean, so all these love songs that we love and we sing about, right? So um, when we base our definitions around love, uh, many times think about this. Who do we base the definition on? It's really centered around us. Like all of our definitions on love, if you think about it, it's centered around us. So if I tell you, like Haley knows, I love, if I go to the grocery store and I can only pick Five things. What would one of the five things probably be if I come home with? What would one of the five be? Ice cream. <laughs> Duh. Because I love ice cream. But I also love Haley. So this is interesting. Just last night, we were watching, um, Piper wanted to watch the new Indiana Jones movie that came out. She couldn't hang. She, I can't believe, she just got so tired. She's like, I can't make it, Dad. I'm like, you're so weak, you know? You're so weak. And she looks at me, and that we have this, he told you about this little cat story we have, and I don't give all those details again. But nonetheless, the, this thing is like really is freaked out now. I want him to go outside. It's like, so now we're stuck. Literally, my kids, you know, I blame everything on Erin Osner, everything. If you don't know Erin Osner at all, you can blame her for this. Erin um, Osner, Dean Osner, one of our elders still, they live in uh, New Orleans right now. But she prayed for my kids to have a stinking cat, and this stupid cat shows up. 
And, and of all the cats, thank God it's a, not like a regular cat. It's just it sleeps and eats and, and just doesn't really do much. But it likes to come up next to you all the time. No, that's what cats do, I guess. And it always wants to come up next to you and, you know, you know wants you to pet it all the time. I'm like, I don't, I'm not your buddy. But I have a little home office and she always stays down there. And they're like, why do you hang out with me? I'm probably your least favorite fan in this house. But she, she likes your singing. Is that what it is? She's <laughs> a crazy cat. So last night, it jumps up beside, I'm sitting in the chair watching Indiana Jones with, with Piper. And I have this chest beside us. It, it jumps up there. And it wants to try to, I'm like, no, you're not, no. You're not coming over here. You're not sitting with me. Get away. I do this. I'm like, stop. Just, and she looks at me like, this is. That so- reminds me of another one. What? Stop. In the name oh of God. We could do this all day long. Oh, my Lord. You should have put down some. You should have. Just whenever you think of one, honey. Just come to me. You just go ahead. <laughs> okay. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. So these people want to stop in the name of love. What's well, love? It's a lot. Well, so Piper kills me. This is what she says. She looks at me and goes like, you love that cat. I was like, I don't love that cat. She goes, Dad, you love that cat. I'm like, I do not. I feel like a, a Dr. Seuss book going on right now. You love that cat. I do not love that cat. You love that cat. I do not love that cat. She looks at me again and she literally, she says, she goes like, you know you love that cat. And I looked around and I was like, I was like, I love you. So do you think I love you the same as I love that cat? I don't love the cat, but I'm just saying, trying to illustrate it. She goes, like, yeah. You think I love you. You tell me, you think that I love that cat, first of all. And then you think I love the cat as much as you. And she said yes. And the reason why I think she equates that is because for her, for a child, that pet is everything. I mean, you know, when you had your first pet, that, it's everything. Your little dog, your cat, whatever you had, goldfish you killed because you didn't feed it. Whatever you had, you loved that little thing. She equates love with that cat in the same context as I love her. Now, you all know that's not true. But for her, she doesn't understand yet the depths of, you know, a father's love. So, anyway, we love a lot of things. I love ice cream. I found out this year Ava loves fall drinks. I didn't even know it was such a thing. Apparently, Starbucks, it's called fall drinks. It's like totally overpriced coffee. But nonetheless, she loves it. Fall drinks. Every time we go somewhere, she's like, Dad, can we get fall drinks? I love fall drinks. I was writing on some other ones. They love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I kind of understand that. But um, they do not love their vegetables. None. Like zero. They, they hate vegetables. And anyway, I put some of this stamp down because so many times we say things about love, it's really centered around us most of the time. And... Um, Anyway, when they say this um, about love, and when I say this about love, it's very self-centered many times. It really is. I love ice cream. I love my truck. That's another song. <laughs> I love my truck. It's waiting right outside. <laughs> anyway, so when we think about that and then God's love, there is some sort of a disconnect between the two, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So... And I think the reason why, I'll just say this as we move forward. The reason why we say these kind of things is because our definition of love is different. It's based on culture and instead of based on God. And truly, if I love my children, I do what's best for my children. If I really love them. So this is where God comes into play. Things like, 
if you love your child, you will discipline and correct them. Now, how do you know that it says that? Because it says that if you, if you don't correct them, it's basically if you, if you don't correct your children, it says that you don't love them. And this is why, like in our culture today, it's very mixed up. See, everybody says they love their kids, but why do teachers have more discipline problems now than ever before? Why? It's because as a society, we say we love them, but we really don't know what love is. And so, um, anyway, I'll say that as we go into this uh, next part here. Um, <clears throat> this is what well, song I was, I was going to sing this one, but I don't know if I can now because you're making me laugh now that I think about these other songs. But this first thing we're going to talk about is, so then what is love, okay? All right, so what is love? <laughs> what is love? So this song, you remember that song, right? What is <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Exactly. You do it. Don't hurt me no more. This guy, this all the song just dun 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 dun. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. That's over and over and over. All this guy does, like one hit wonders. This dude made a million bucks. He should have just took that and run off into the sunset because that's your only song, you know. But I think his name was, I had to look at his name, Hathaway. I've never even heard of this guy. I just remember the song. It was so popular, like, in the 90s. But he thinks love can hurt him. So what is love? Let's look at John, what John says about love real quick. First John 4, 8, okay? Um, so anyone who does not love does not know God. Okay, let's just, let's look at that. First John 4, 8 says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, okay? If you don't love, you don't know God. For what is love? God is love. Now, that's the most simple definition we can give, but we want to talk about it some. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now that's what love is. And as a parent, this is why my daughter, she can't figure out how, why I don't love that cat as much as her. Because in her mind, they're, they're equal. They're not equal at all. That cat, I, I would ditch the cat in a moment. For my kid, you understand what I'm saying? Like you know, But you do love the cat. No, I, I like the cat. There's a... I know what love. I know what, I know what love cat. is, baby. I know what love is, and it's not that cat. So it's close. Oh, <laughs> believe me, it's not close at all. Okay, uh, move on. Yeah. So yes, we're gonna move on. So we talk about God's love. God's love is greater than a feeling. It's greater than a blessing. It's greater than a Valentine's card. It's greater than chocolate. It's greater than any kind of emotion that we attach to the word love. So. I thought we'd put this on the screen for you guys so you can see what agape means. This is the word um, divine love. So put it on the screen for you. There you go. It's a Greek word. The Greeks define love, cause, and this will help. Because in the Greeks, we, um, we get our definitions, we get some of our, um, the background of our language is sometimes confused because the Greeks had a different um, definition, same word, but multiple different definitions, Okay. In our, in our language, we use the word love, and I'm going to give you about three or four different de- definitions. In their language, they wouldn't have said, hey, agape, divine love, or the God kind of love. 
that's the word they would have used agape. They would have said, hey, God's agape to you is divine. They would not have used this second word, which is the word we a lot of times talk about in America is eros, E-R-O-S. It's a sensual love. It's like Valentine's Day, you know, romantic dinner, whatever. It's like, that's the other word the Greeks used. It's called eros. So they would never say, I want to talk to you today about God's eros. They, they would have said, I want to talk to you today about God's agape. They would have used different words because it meant something different. And they have a third one, which you probably have heard of this one, but um, it's the word phileo, which means friendship. It's a brotherly love. It's where we get this word we use, Philadelphia. That's right. It's a city of brotherly See, we use them, and it's in our culture, but we don't, we, in English, we jam everything together under one heading and expect us all just to understand it. So when you go to another country, it's why it's very difficult for people from another country to understand what we're talking about many times, because English is a very complicated language. Believe it or not, it, there's so many um, words that we have that are just slang terminology. And it's just, Haley just, we were watching a thing last night, and uh, well, I don't know, I fell asleep. Hallmark. It was going on, and I was asking her a question. This commercial came on, and she said, what? A sleigh ride of... She said, she's telling us her little friend... Sleigh ride of fun? The, uh, yep, and we're going to have all these movies here, and it's going to be a sleigh ride of fun. Get it? And I looked at her, and I go, I don't get it. <laughs> like, you're going to have to explain it to me. And she goes, well, I think what she's trying to say is, like, you know the word sleigh is kind of a slang today for... Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Oh, man, that's in. And she kind of combined it with the sleigh, the reindeer sleigh. I was like, wow, that's a stretch for me. I'm having a hard time with that one. But anyway, it just goes to show you how we use these words. So anyway, um, as we're talking about with our kids, so we have three kids. You don't give your only son or your only child because of eros or phileo. It's because it's divine love. It's a choice. And this is where we take the next step into this as far as in marriage. We don't love one another with eros or phileo as believers. Now, if you're not a believer, that's different because all you would know is brotherly love or, or sensual love. That may start out sensual. It may start out with a relationship and but once you become a believer, it's different. It's, it's a, it is a God kind of love, which means, fellas, this is why it says things like, I'm to prefer her, to love her, to sacrifice for her as, watch, Christ does for the church. Agape. That's divine. That means when, you know, if she asks me to stop at the store, and maybe I don't really want to, I mean, sometimes I don't want to. But she asked me, hey, would you mind? Hey, man, I, I, could you get pick up this? Some, I don't really want to stop. But if she asks me to, I mean, let's do it. Why? Because I love her. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? It's sometimes in marriage, honestly, sometimes I would say that many times we sacrifice things that we probably wouldn't do with everyone else. My friends in here, I love you. You're my brother in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? That's why you get to, we're, we're brothers, right? Phileo, that's brotherly love. Let me come help you cut a tree down? Okay. I'll help you stack wood. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll but look, I'm not going to, there's, there's limits, right? 
I mean, this is different. Brother love is different. And then Eros is different. So anyway, we'll add to this. Yeah, well, um, I think that that's why marriage is, I mean, it's one of the greatest ways for us to mature as human beings. Um, Not just marriage, but any relationship, really. Because the only way you can learn to love someone is to get to know love himself. The only way that I can know how to love Jody well is if I spend time with God, who is love. If I don't, then I'm not, I don't have the equipment. I don't have the resources. I don't know how. And um, so I think that's why marriage can be awfully hard for um, a lot of people because it, it gets turned around and we think that person comes before God, but you can't love that person without God being first. And um, it's just, I mean, it's just the way it is. It's the order of things. So, yeah. And if it was God, you think about this, if it was the Lord, because he loves you, because God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Think about the relationship that continues on with you because God loves you. Therefore, if he's willing to give his only son for you, then he's willing to do whatever is necessary for you. But think about that for a moment. In our culture, we think, especially at Christmas time, I mean, look, our kids have lists, okay? What kid doesn't, right? They got lists for their lists of things. It's like, do you think we, like, won the lottery or something? What? But, you know, they just, why not? Just add it to the list. You never know. Might get lucky. There are lists everywhere. But when you think about this, when God, you might have a list for God, too. How many of you know this? He didn't always give you everything that you want. Here's another good love song. Huh? Garth Brooks, he wrote a song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. He sings a song about he thought he loved this old gal. She was cute and all that kind of stuff in high school, but didn't work out. He prayed and prayed and prayed. God, would you give me that gal? He didn't do it. Then he gets a better wife later, or better whatever you call it, better the way the song writes, he looks back in time and says, oh, man, I'm glad it didn't work out because maybe she was crazy or maybe, like, who knows what it was. Something he saw, he thought, man, I'm glad it didn't work out. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Well, this is what we have this for you, um, maybe for about love, but I'll put this on the screen for you about love. When you love someone with the divine kind of love, love does what's best for the person at the moment, at the present time, it meaning it can change. Like if you truly love like God loves, then you're going to do what's best for that person at the moment. Like how many know sometimes what's best for the person at the moment isn't what they want? Okay, I'll give you a case in point, right? So if, if the person is asking, let's say they go to, uh, 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 you know, they're playing sports or maybe as a kid in, in school they're playing sports and whatnot, and they're going in and they're asking, they want to play a certain position. And the coach says, well, I need you to work out. I need you to add weight. I need you to strengthen and condition for that position because that role, you're going to take some licks and you're not quite big enough yet. And the person leaves and they say, well, I'm good enough. Coach doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, you know what? I'm good enough. I got talent. My daddy tells me all the time I'm really good. I mean, my mom says I can't, you know, I'm the best on the whole team. And that's all that he hears at home. But he goes to the coach, and the coach says, well, you're not, I mean, don't want to be rude to you about your parents, but you're not as good as Daddy says you are, first of all. 
And number two, your mama loves you no matter what. You, you could, you know, as ugly as sin, and she's still going to love you. So, but nonetheless, right? What's best for the kid? The coach is doing the right thing. But mom and dad says, well, that's all. And then they get mad, and they say, well, he don't know what he's doing, or she don't know what she's doing, and they quit. That does not help the child at all. All it does is reinforce this idea that mom says, dad says, you're best, you're right, you're awesome, but never has to understand discipline, correction, or growth. And so love does what's best for someone at the moment. When we needed forgiveness, what did God give us? Forgiveness. When Israel needed something, God gave them what they needed at the moment. He gave them manna. You know, we've talked about this before, like, and starting out walking with the Lord, there's so many things that I wish that I'll be back about, man, why didn't God do this? Or why wouldn't he do that? Or why didn't he give us this? But I'm so grateful because it caused us to mature, to grow, and to trust God in ways that we probably would not have trusted him before. You understand what I'm saying, right? Like, it's, there's a process of all those things. And so real love, let's put this on the screen for you too. But real love isn't always based on you and I getting something. It is really based on you and I giving something. True love, because God so loved the world, he gave. Love, really, giving is attached to love. So when I give something to Haley, it's an action of love. The giving isn't love, but is an action of love. And you know this as well, man, guys, it, when you got kids, how many things do you give up? I mean, there are seasons in life where you just give up certain things. You, you have to. You just... You, you know, later on in life, it'll change. But when they're little, I mean, I remember the first one. We didn't sleep for, especially she didn't. I, I bet the first three months, we didn't know our oldest had a, a milk allergy. Was it three months? I, don't even, I can't remember now. Three months or more? She couldn't sleep. We weren't, she just had a, she had a milk allergy. And so we didn't know it at the time. Three months, all night long. I mean, we were just exhausted, depleted. But we couldn't just say, well, you know, fend for yourself, little one. We're going to go take a nap. You know, an infant, you can't do that. So you give up certain things for a season, but it's not forever. But if you truly love something, you're going to give it up. So true love is the word agape is attached in the Greek. It is the divine kind of love that's attached to giving. God so loved, he gave his only begotten son. So the next one here is this, that so if you want to have the God kind of love to understand love, it, it grows. So with Haley and I, I, it sounds weird, but I'm going to say this. But I love her more now than I did when we first got married. Now, that's hard to say because in reality, that shouldn't be the case. True love, divine love, agape love, it is consistent. God doesn't love you more now than he did when he first gave his son for you. Like, he loved you before. But with us, man, you... I guess you begin to understand the Lord's love deeper. And you just go, man, I love her more now than I did then. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's, again, the perception of love. And you, as you grow up, you see things a certain way. But then the more you grow with the Lord, the more you begin to see things differently. So it does, in our eyes, grow. God's love doesn't because he is love. But... Our understanding of love and, and our 
yeah, even acceptance of love does. Yeah, and in fact, I have a quick story um, about that. Like, um, so when I was younger, because it made me think about this. When you don't always, now there's your song. That's one of his favorite. You don't always get what you want. That's not a love um, song, but it should be. But he loves that song. I do love it. Seeing the kids all the time. So um, there's a, a time, time when I was younger. I've told a couple of my friends this story. Um, when I was younger, really young, and um, my grandmother, I didn't understand at the time. Um, so she was giving out presents, and and I was young, so I was expecting something like either artsy or a toy or, you know. And she had given me a butterfly necklace. And I just remember thinking, I mean, I was young, right? My perception wasn't where it needed to be yet. And so I was like, I, I was trying to put on that, you know, how you plaster that smile on. And you're like trying to be okay with this. But you're like, it's not a toy. I can't draw on it. Like, all I can do is put it around my neck, you know. And so um, it really bothered me, and I, I thought, well, maybe she doesn't like me very much. Or maybe, you know, like I, these are the things kids think about sometimes. It's just immaturity. And um, as I got older, I realized my grandmother absolutely loves butterflies. She would make them out of cardboard and spend all this time. I mean, like, just make these beautiful butterflies, and she'd send them home with me and and I, I began to realize over time that that was such a special gift that she had given me. And I had no idea. And um, so later on in life, when the Lord started speaking to us and using butterflies, that was very instrumental, that story, in what the Lord was speaking to my heart. Because he had already, he could use something from when I was younger that I could grow now and understand what he was trying to tell me. He was using butterflies just to speak to our family. And so then a couple of weeks ago, a good friend of mine over here um, had found a butterfly necklace in her house. And um, in fact, Debbie had told me earlier, a few months ago, things will be um, restored. I can't remember how you said it. Lo- things that are lost will be found or restored. And um, this sweet friend of mine came up to me a couple of Sunday ago and said, I just found this butterfly necklace and felt like the Lord was telling me you should have it. And it just felt like that whole story was restored for me. That necklace that I didn't appreciate because I didn't understand and I always regretted how I felt um, that the Lord was showing me how he was teaching me over the years to appreciate it's not about what you think sometimes, but about the heart behind the person that's giving it to you and what they love. That's how they know how to love. And um, the Lord has just done a miraculous story just with that little thing of my lack of understanding as a kid. Um, and I feel like that um, has grown has grown the idea or the concept, does that make sense, of, of love in my life, yeah. That's cool. I do remember that. All the uh, drawings and, and cutouts. Lots so, of butterflies. Lots of butterflies. So, um, so I want to read from 1 Corinthians 13. And this is, so this is used so many times to say this is what love is, but it's not what love is. So 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. This is not what love is. I'm going to you, this is a description of love. So it describes actions of love. It describes what love does. But God is love. 
You've got to remember that God is love. This is why, and in our culture, and I don't want to go sidetrack on it, but this is why it's so messed up today with the thought processes that we have in our culture about what is love and who can you love and how do you love. And all this silly stuff that's going on where everything's so fluid, that's the new word, it's just fluid. God's not fluid. He's very clear. He's very clear in who he is, what he does, and who and what he and how he you know feels about things. And he says he is love. Well, if you believe that God is love, then you can't have a fluid relationship with love. Y- y'all get what I'm saying, right? It- it's consistent. So this is what in First Corinthians, Paul gives the descriptive of, of love. He says, um, "Love is patient. Love is kind." Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. See, you, see, you hear that? It's not, I get what I want in the marriage. It's, no, I'm going to give in the marriage. It's give, if, let me just put it this way. If you have a scale, and on one side of the scale, your demands and your wants and what it is that you need in the marriage is weighing the scales more than the side that you're giving and sacrificing and, and, and extending to, you're off. And, and I'll tell you this, the more you want your needs filled and the more that you want to pile your side up and say, well, I need this and I need this from them and this and this, the more you do that, the more you start pointing your finger at the other person and blame them for what you don't have. It, it's the weirdest thing. It, obscure, it obscures it, your view. It does. Right. Yeah. But the more I like, if I go, if I just give to her, if I just do things for her, if I sacrifice, I say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. It changes Pretty soon you forget about what it is you need, want, et cetera, et cetera. You're just, you know what? I love this person. I'm being very selfish when I just want this. You see what I'm saying? So love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Oh, Lord, need breakfast before we go there. I mean, anybody else here besides me and my friend Jason who needs to eat so we're not irritable, right? Huh? Yeah, so the two of us are high metabolism people. We need food to fulfill this verse, okay? So anyway, we're not irritable. We keep no record of wrong or being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's descriptive of what love is. But think about this, because God is love. If you look at that definition... Does that not just sound like Jesus to you? Absolutely, because, man, truth, he is the spirit of truth. I mean, there's all this in here is about our Lord, and you can understand this defines who God is. It gives examples of who God is, but God is love, and this is describing uh, those things. So anyway, um, it's so easy, like I said, to pick out imperfections, not in your spouse only, but in other people. Um, to say, well, look what they didn't do, look what this... If we could just stop that and just say, well, man, maybe, see how can I bless them? What can I do? Maybe they just need someone to encourage them today. And it's so easy, though, to get one-sided and look at what other people aren't doing versus what we could do uh, with God's love. So um, let me read this to you. Uh, move on to this next one here. Yeah, so let's look at Philippians 1.9 real quick. We'll put it on the screen for you. And then... Um, yeah, so this is what Paul says. I pray that your love, this is the word agape. It's not your friendship love. It's not your sensual love. It's agape, the God kind of love, will overflow more and more. 
and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding, for I want you to understand what really matters, so that you might live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Well, what would that be? Well, this is the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this brings much glory and praise to God. So this righteousness that he produces in us is this idea of love grows in our life. It, it can grow. It can develop in our lives. But we have to yield to the Father, the one who is love, to be able to grow in that love. If I don't yield to him, if I want to go the world's direction and go by their definitions and go by what they think, then I'm always going to want to get even. I'm always going to have a chip on my shoulder. I'm always going to, you know, think, well, it's not fair. It's not fair what they did. It's not fair. What... There's a lot of stuff that's not fair. There's, I mean, I can tell you, you want a list? I mean, I can give you all kinds of stuff that's not fair. I can tell you, and you can too, you, every one of us have a book that's not fair of things that happen to each one of us. And some of them are more severe than others. I do understand that, not being insensitive. But this idea that it's ingrained in our nation, it's not fair. Well, there's nothing fair in life. We either trust the Lord and get up and grow with God and get over some stuff. And I don't mean to dismiss, but I mean real love heals, man. The real God kind of love, he will restore, he will heal, he will help us to be able to become who he wants us to be. But not if we're walking around all the time like, well, it's not fair. Man, at some point, I was growing up as a kid, I remember, you know, saying stuff like that. And finally, man, thank God some people around me said, you know what, Jody, you're right. It's not fair, son. But that's not going to help anything. You've got to get over some stuff, bud. You can't live like that. So if we're going to grow with God... We've got to understand his love grows in us, and it brings glory um, to God. All right, so real quick, one more, and then we're going to keep moving. Uh, Romans five five says, "For we know how dearly how much we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love." So, God is love, and if you want to know how much He loves you, He gave not only Jesus to sacrifice for your sins, He now is to prove to you how much He loves you. He has sealed you with his precious Holy Spirit. The temple of God is no longer one made with hands. We are the temple of God. Scriptures declare this. And when you're saved, the Holy Spirit moves in. He loves you so much that he gave you his spirit to live on the inside of you. It shows you how much he loves you. It's agape. It's much deeper than anything else. All right. So this last thing we want to share with you this morning is this, that this takes a little bit of time. Um, I would hope that Haley feels like that uh, I am more mature with my love towards her today than <laughs> years back. Uh, she could probably tell you numerous stupid things I've said, uh, did, uh, you know, in, and I don't mean like last week, but like further back, okay? Like further back. We, we all make silly things we say, mistakes, you get mad, whatever, but... Um, it takes time. You, it really does take time. And commitment. It, it takes time and commitment. Time and commitment. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I don't, she, in our family, I cook, she bakes. Um, she, she cooks too, but what I mean by that is like, I, I don't bake. To me, that's very complicated. Baking is silly because to me, you have to have, rot, like, I don't understand. Okay, a teaspoon. We'll just throw it in. If you're cooking, 
if you're cooking food, a, sta- a teaspoon you can pour in your, your hand, just throw it in the pot and go. With baking, it's like so, you have to scoop the top off. It's got to be like, and then there's some baking, you have to have a scale to measure the grams of sugar and whatever. It's, it's just too complicated to me. But she will stick with it, though. She will make sure it's just right on the money, and that's why she can bake. Because if you don't do it that way, it, it flops. It's no good. But you have to stick with it. I'm sure doing numerous recipes where the first time, it was like it just didn't work right. She did it again, and she did it again. I remember she first started making hollow bread at home, and the first round, um, it, it looked like hollow bread. It <laughs> felt like hollow bread, but for whatever reason, it didn't, it just something wasn't right about it. And she would do another one and another one. And after, you know, a little bit, now, man, she makes it now, and it's like, we just can't wait. It's so good. But it took time to develop that. And so that's what we want to say with you today is that um, this takes time uh, to grow, and you have to understand with the Lord that um, God has given you good soil to develop this in. But with us, I think the thing is this. We like to look at each other and go, I'm going to measure how much Haley loves me. Watch this. By what she does for me. Or this is how I'll know if you love me because you won't hurt me. This is how I know how much you love me because I get what I want from you. But that's not a proper understanding of love. To grow through that, I have to understand what God's love is. And with God, the one thing we can't do is try to measure how much God loves us based on what God is doing for us. Okay? He's already done all he needs to do to show his love. Can we all agree? I mean, let's just be honest. There's not anything. He, if he does not one more thing for us, we should be okay. Because that one thing was enough. That really was enough. But what we do so many times is we measure, and this is a warped view. And I, I'm going to say this, because Haley wants to share some things on this part. But I want, I want to say this to kind of um, explain the thought process behind what we're saying here. This is a warped theology that is based on... What God does for me determines how much he loves me. That is a warped theology. It's not biblical. Job, read it. Sometimes stuff doesn't go right. And sometimes if you listen to the wrong friends, they'll tell you God did it. Get you some new friends. Get you some new friends that at least will acknowledge say, you know what, I don't understand. I don't know why you're dealing with this. I don't know why it's happened. I don't understand it. But you know what? God's good. The Lord is good and His mercies endure every single day. His mercies are good every single day. So we get up in the morning, brand new day, brand new mercies. That's the friends you need because you got somebody that's coming along and you're going, well, yeah, oh, yeah, you probably sinned and that's why this is happening. Or maybe, you know what, I don't know, maybe God's trying to teach you something. Man, get, I, I can't stand that stuff. It gets under my skin so bad. And I do not associate with people who tell me lies from Scripture. Because they don't build you up, they tear you down, and they make you question God's faithfulness. But we were singing about this earlier, he's faithful. All of his promises are yes and, well, let God be, the, he, he, says, he speaks the truth, let God you know, stand on his own with his word, his word is true, let every man be a liar. But my point is this, you can't measure God's love to determine how much he loves you. So, um, Haley's going to share something with you here. Um, 
about this. We thought this was kind of interesting, uh, kind of thing way to do this. You need me to help with this? I don't need to help. You want to help? No, I'm going to just, I might come up with some love songs. Oh, okay. I'm going to think of some more. All right, so, okay, so I brought a couple of presents from home because. Can move my stuff? Huh? Need some more. Yes, please, thank you. Um, all right, so I brought a couple of presents from home. So this one was what I started with because I wanted, like, simple rustic this year, you know, simple. And my daughter came in and said, boy, aren't we uh, fun in here. So I had to go get mermaid um, wrapping paper. <laughs> so we match not at all. So anyway, that's okay. We're, my, my kids always tell me I'm a little eclectic anyway, so that's all right. But so these are two presents um, from our home, actually. And a lot of times, this is what we... Are these mine? No. So we... Um, <laughs> I don't know if you have any. Oh, wait. There's mine right there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's from my parents. Must be. Oh. Okay. Not from me. Sorry. Okay. So these are presents. And this is oftentimes like how we measure like how someone loves us or how we feel like we want to make sure we let them know that we love them. And so, um, you know, you, you know, when you were a kid, you like went and counted the number of presents, like they got that many and I got this many and they got that many and not thinking about how much each one costs. So I've had to explain that to my children. Like if you have less presents, then that means yours was more expensive. So that's just like, you don't, you don't do it by the number, right? So anyway, it's just kind of funny to me how we have to work through all of this at Christmas time. We do Christmas on a budget. Yeah. Like, so no matter what, when it's out, it's out. That's it. That's Santa it. Claus ain't coming back to town. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh. funny because Jody, he says baking is silly, but he sure does like to eat it. I love and it when so, she bakes. Um, it's interesting to me, though, with the things of God, it's not measurable like that. Um, so when you think about a cup, so when I do bake, this is a cup. And when I do it, like he says, you scoop it. You, you have to make sure it's level. It's the right amount. It's like packed in there good and all of that. But it's interesting to me, um, in Psalm 23, verses 1 and 5, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. And then it says, My cup overflows with blessings. They were cooking. They weren't baking. Yes. I guess God so. is a cooker. He's not a baker. <laughs> but with God, it doesn't matter what measurement he's using. It's beyond that. So if you have a cup, he's going to give you more than a cup. And I just love that. And that, that, that's just, um, it, it kind of boggles our minds because we think so finitely. Is that how you say that? Anyway, y'all know what I mean. We, we think with, yeah, with starts and ends, mm-hmm. things that began and ended. And we think about lengths of things, widths of things, how many of things, numbers of things. And so then if you look at the tape measure, Psalm 108 and verse four says, for your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Mm. So that's not something we can't measure his love and his faithfulness with any kind of measuring tape, measuring stick, measuring anything. There's no way to measure it. It goes on and on. And as soon as you think you start to understand it, it's more. It's and the, more. And Every the thing time. with this, like, so we used to do this with, um, so years ago, we talked about this before, but I did this with some kids, and we were talking about how trying to measure God's love. That's what I always do to get a kid to try to do this, 
you give them the tape measure and say, all right, I want you to measure up and see how high you can go, right? So you guys know this if you're in construction. Now, this is a weak tape measure. If you ever do this with kids, you've got to make sure you get, don't get the Stanley Fat Max, okay? You might, that might be a little easier. But the, you see, the longer you, further you try. I don't know how to help you. You can't. That's the problem. You can try. Okay. You can help me. Here, help me. We're going to measure how high God's love is. Here, how high, baby? Oh, Not high. high. Yeah. Help me. See, can't. we can't. We can't. That's the whole point. And the more you let them try, the more. So no matter what you do in your own, you can't figure out. The best you can do is if you have kids or you adopt a child, you get a glimpse of it. We don't have any comprehension of how deep or how high his love is. And you just can't measure it. So anyway, so anyway, I was just going to say. So then the last one, if you look at, this is just a simple watch. It's not smart at all. It's just a watch. And, um, but this is Psalm 103, verse 17. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children. His love remains forever. And I wish I had bought one of these. You know those things that you used to have on your, um, people used to have on your desk and you could like tap it and then it would start going and it wouldn't stop. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Kinetic. Um, <laughs> Little yeah. kinetic men or something, and they would just keep going. So that's kind of, I know this might be a silly picture, but we have to realize that God actually lives outside of time. He is not bound by our time. It's like when he came in, to, the, there was chaos, and he came to bring order, and it was like he just went, and then the earth started moving. But he's out here. That's so hard for us to understand, isn't it? Like, we're in this time. We know how time works. There's moon and stars. He put all that there. He did all of it for us so that we could measure, but he doesn't have to. He's already been where we're going. He knows where we're going to go today. He knows what our life looks like this afternoon. He knows everything about us from here to whenever, forever. And that's so hard for us to comprehend because we have these attached to us and we're ready to go to lunch and we're ready to go to our program and we're ready to go here. And we're, and we're, and it's not like that. And that's why I love how, um, when you, when you start studying Jewish time, it's all by his, his, like you look at the sun and the moon. It's by what God does. That's how time is registered. But even in that, he lives outside of that. And so if I could, for, for my family this year, if I could pick one present that I would, would put under the tree, put a bow around, it would be this. And let me explain why. Of course, they all have one already. But the reason why is because this cannot be measured. You can try. You can pick the number of pages that are in there, the number of books that are in there, the number of authors that are in there. But every time you open this book, it grows. What you understand grows. And when you think about the way they used to write on scrolls, it's kind of like that. You, as you start to, to read in Genesis, you've got this little, little story, and then the story grows, and then the story grows, and then the story grows. And it will do that forever. Because when you go back to read it again, you start seeing new things and new things and new things. And he will be teaching us from his word forever and speaking to us in our hearts forever. 
His love cannot be measured. His words. This is the tree of life version. And I love that because this is life. And it grows in us. The more we're committed to it, the more that we put it in front of our eyes, this is what grows. And so I love how Ann Voskamp um, talks about the Advent season coming up to Christmas is that we are unwrapping the greatest gift. Every time we open this, every time we worship, every time we come in this, this place or even in our home and we're talking about the Lord, we are unwrapping something beautiful. So. Amen. Amen. So hopefully that helps uh, today a little bit with, you know, you can make sure you take my present back, right? <laughs> hopefully uh, this helps understand like a little bit from... Uh, Measuring God's love and we understanding. We're talking this. about the Bible here, and you're worried about this. I know. I was, okay. I was showing an example of being selfish, just so people could see it. So, um, hopefully, it helps you understand a little bit about this. So, God loves you with an everlasting love. It's much deeper than you can imagine. It's much higher than you can measure. It's it's wider than you ever get your arms around. And to understand that, then to, to put that in perspective for our own lives of how to we use some examples of marriage and you know family and things like that, but to really understand how do you love one another? Well, it, the only way you're going to love one another is understand how much he loves you. And you can't understand all that because there's, it's, it's too much. But he does give you uh, a glimpse into how much he loves you by what he's done for you through Jesus, Holy Spirit. But this Christmas, as you walk this week, as you're going forward, I would love it if we could put this, some of this into practice. How can you love your family maybe better this week? I don't mean like... Um, a fake thing, like, don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't do it just to, oh, it's Christmas, I better behave, you know? Santa Claus is watching. It's not that. Like, really, how can you love your family better uh, this, this week? And maybe, maybe you have to give up something. You might have to give up some time, or you might have to give up something you don't want to give up. Um, you know, like, whatever that might be. But try to put into practice this week ways in which you can love your family uh, different. And so... Um, we want to pray for you. I wanted to say this before we uh, go, um, uh, before I pray for you, actually. But that also, <clears throat> you know, these things like this are what God calls them, uh, in a sense, they're seasons. And so, many times in your life when you learn a, a, a thing from the Lord, it's a season for it. So, you pick up things, you pick up things from the Lord, and He's showing you something for a season, and so sometimes, you know, your friends get excited about something they're learning. Like, oh, let me tell you what God's showing me. And it may be a season for them, but it might not be the season for you to learn that certain thing. And so um, sometimes in seasons when they come, you have to understand God is working in that. And uh, don't give up on God when he's working in the season with you. Like, so whatever season you're in right now, maybe this guy's wanting to show you more about his love. Maybe he wants to show you more about his patience or whatever it is he's trying to teach you. I would just say don't give up on God yet. You know, your season's not over. It's not finished. Let the Lord do his work, his perfect work in you, right? So he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So let him develop some things in you. And so for some of you, this might be new. Today you might have heard for the first time about the God kind of love, about agape. Like all you maybe have known is brotherly love or, or, or sensual love. And, and you're trying to understand, like, well, man, this God kind of love is completely different. And it is different. But you start today, 
and let the Lord develop something in your life right now as he's putting these ideas in your heart. And um, I'll say one more thing about this. You might not feel like that God loves you, okay? Maybe you don't feel like he loves you. Understand, feelings, though, come and go, all right? Even with marriage, look, if I give her a card or a bouquet of flowers, she likes that. It makes her happy. It makes her smile. But I can't do that every day. It would be unrealistic because if I did it every day, then it would get old. It would be like, well, you know, I can't do stuff like all the time. But even when I do, those things, she understands those things are feelings-based. They're I She appreciates it, and I do it as an action of love. But at the same time, it might make her happy. You know, a box of chocolates isn't her thing probably as much. Flowers she loves. Things that she loves, it, it says to her, I love you and I care about you. But even understanding that, those things are things that make us happy. That's not God's kind of love is constant. Whether you're getting things or not, he is consistent. And so she knows my lover is consistent. Like I don't have any plans for, I don't have plan B. Like, I don't have, like, backup. I don't have any kind, like, you know, I always cut up with her and say, you got what you got. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? We're in this. She knows I love her. I can grow in my love. But understand, when we do things like we give each other gifts or whatever, when Christmas is over, it is considered one of the most depressing times in the year, the day after Christmas. You know why? Because we've all opened a bunch of stuff, and we look around the room going like, now what? What are we going to do now? And the only thing that kind of picks people out of that funk is they go, it's a new year. Oh, and they get out of it. Why? Why is such a low and then a pick back up? It's because it's based on a lot of emotion. And God loves you with a decision and not emotion. He does love you with emotion, but he loves you with a decision. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So we want to pray for you this morning. And um, I want you to uh, close your eyes and bow your heads, if you don't mind, just for a moment. And as we pray for you uh, today, this area of love that, um, that we're talking about, man, may, maybe you're struggling right now because maybe you're having a hard time understanding how much God can actually love you because maybe you weren't loved very much growing up. It's very possible, very possible. And so I want to pray for you. Maybe you're in the room and you think you understand love because, you know, maybe you have uh, a feelings-based love and you think, well, here's what love is. Love does this. And, and maybe for you that works, but it may not be that that's the best way to understand God and his love for you. Maybe you need to hear a little more about his faithfulness and his decision and the agape side of God. So as we pray for you today, I want you to take a moment here and just... Um, and tune in to God right now and just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me through this today, Lord? What are you trying to speak to me And um, as I pray for you? Dear Lord, I come to you today and I ask you, Father, to, to help those that are in this room right now that are maybe watching on broadcast or maybe in this room and they're hearing uh, your words, God, about uh, agape, about the God kind of love. I pray in the name of Jesus today that you uh, would help those in the room right now that maybe... Uh, weren't loved very well growing up. Maybe they don't understand how they should be loved, and so therefore it's very difficult for them to give love to other people. I just pray for them right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind them of how much you love them. I pray that you would deposit um, just a reminder of your love and your mercy in their lives, Lord.
I pray right now that you'd help them get over past, past hurt or maybe it's something that happened to them in their life before. In Jesus' name, I just pray, Lord, for your agape to be real in their hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for those that might have been hurt, they may have wounds, and maybe they don't know how to begin the process to love other people because of that. In Jesus' name, I pray right now, Lord, that you would heal broken hearts right now. In the name of Jesus. You said in your word that you heal the brokenhearted. And Lord, you establish, Lord, things in our life and you establish our ways. In Jesus' name, I pray you'd heal broken hearts right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for those in this room right now, Lord, that maybe they think they do have a great understanding of your love. I just pray right now that we would all come to the place where we could grow more in our love with you. To understand the God kind of love and what you did for us. To yield from our way of thinking to understand your way of thinking, Lord. And to understand that you are love. God is love. And we can't measure it. We can't figure out how deep it is, how wide it is, how high it is. Lord, we just thank you for that today. And Father, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you today, I pray that if they have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray today, Lord, that they would, um, they would make that decision today. And so if you're in this room with your eyes closed and no one's looking around right now, I pray that um, you would make this decision. We're going to pray with you right now with your eyes closed, no one's looking. But say if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you say, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But, Pastor Dodie, you're saying that God loves me so much that he gave Jesus for my sins? I, I, will, I want to do that today. Well, I want you to pray this prayer with me. The whole church will pray with you right now. But the scriptures say this, if a man or woman believes in their heart that Jesus died and was resurrected from the dead, that he died for our sins, and they confess that with their mouth, the scriptures are very clear, they declare that you are saved. And so we're going to lead you in a prayer right now. The whole church is going to pray with you, but if that's you, pray this with us today. Say, Dear Jesus, we come to you today, and we give you our hearts, our life, and everything. I surrender my will, my decisions, and my desires. And in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive, to cleanse, and establish my ways. Thank you, Lord, for healing me, for healing brokenness, and establishing my ways. In Jesus' name, I make you the Lord of my life. Amen and amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Would you give me a hand right now? So cool. So, so proud of you today. So if you did that, we have a, a thing on the screen we'll put up there for you called connect.cornerstonerome.com. We'd love to help you get started walking with the Lord um, in that. And I think, I think, Miss Theta, are you closing out? Yes, you are. I thought, I thought I was about to do it, and I just realized, praise Jesus, Miss Theta is doing this. So I don't mess it up. Will y'all please welcome Miss Theta Shank to the platform this morning? Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Theta. Thank you. Um, man, such a good word about love, especially in this season. We're expressing it in so many different ways. Um, I want us to go back for a moment to the praise and worship time when we were singing, Faithful you are, all your promises are yes and amen. In 1981, the Lord challenged our family to tithe. And my husband, being the great leader in our home, 
said, we're going to do this. And me being the great follower I am, I said, no. <clears throat> we have diapers. <laughs> we had our firstborn. We do not have the money to do this. But out of obedience to a promise that I really didn't understand, I said, okay, if you think we need to do this, we'll do this. And start with obedience. If you have not tried the Lord in this promise of him, of his, when you tithe, it opens his storehouse to us in in immeasurable ways. 81 is when we started tithing. Now we can't can't go without tithing. It is so much of our DNA in our relationship with our love relationship with our Father. Please try him in this promise. And it is a yes and amen. So when you tithe, you can do that here. We were in Egypt in November. And every afternoon at 2 o'clock, the power went out because there just wasn't provision. And from 2 to 3 or longer, we would sit in a conference center with no air in Egypt. And when you tithe, I want you to realize it helps us stay comfortable in this environment here. That we have provision to have lights on, to be able to give to the first responders and those in our community. We get to serve others on the foreign fields. So your tithe is very far-reaching. He is faithful. And his promises are yes and amen. So give it a try. You see on the screen, you can text to give. You can put in offering boxes in the back. You can give online if you like. If a prayer partner is, go ahead and come on up. That would be great. If you have a prayer need today, if you met Jesus today for the first time, come tell these prayer partners. They want to celebrate with you. So do that if you would. And then also the Christmas family service is coming up. And that's happening coming up uh, December 23rd. And I believe it's 6 o'clock, right? Somebody verify for me. I don't have the time on here. Please. Yes, 6 o'clock. It's the family. And I love it with the littles running around the service and having a wonderful time to, to worship as a family. Isn't that fun? It's a family service. So we're doing that. And then uh, no Sunday service on December 24. And then we're together with our brothers and sisters in the Hispanic ministry. We're going to be together in, on December 31. So mark those on your calendar if you would. Now, if you'll stand, I'd love to say the blessing over you. And position yourselves to receive his living word. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his feet, his countenance on you and give you his peace. Go in that peace and have a great week. God bless you. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.